Hey everyone, and welcome to episode number nine of the Woofing Possum podcast. I'm your host Greg, and today we're going to be talking about leads, or some of you may refer to them as leashes. So leads are an essential piece of equipment that most of us will have, depending on kind of where you reside in terms of your country. Uh, You may even have some specific laws around your dog needing to be on a lead in certain areas, certain times of day, etc. So they're usually a piece of equipment that nearly every dog owner will have. Now, for me, the primary purpose of a lead is ultimately safety. When we have dogs in the kind of crazy world and society that we live in, um, having that physical connection between us and the pooch can, and without kind of catastrophizing here, guys, can sometimes be life and death. So having that safety connection between us and the pooch is really, really valuable. That being said, that's all I want a lead to be. It's a kind of fail-safe safety connection between me and the dog, and ideally not a piece of equipment that's used to drag dog around or for dog to drag me around on. Um, they are just purely there to be a physical connection. So when, if you, when you're working on loose lead walking and all those other great skills and lead etiquette, again, the end goal for me is always just to have that physical connection from a safety perspective, and that should be pretty much the only purpose the lead serves. However, Regardless of where you are in your training and what type of lead etiquette you and your dog may have, when you go to pick a lead, and there's lots out there guys, there's all kinds of crazy colours, shapes, gadgets, gizmos, it can be a little bit overwhelming and sometimes we might just do a that'll do type decision or sometimes we might research them to death and confuse the hell out of ourselves and not really know what to go for or why to go for that. We can also fall into the trap of just getting something that maybe I've had historically. And just because I had it historically may not necessarily mean it's the right choice this time round for the particular dog that I may have. So again, I always ask people just to kind of take a breath and have a think about why are they buying the lead? What do they want from the lead? What type of walks are you going to be doing with Pooch? All of these things will start to build a bit of a picture up of the right type of lead that we should be looking for. That being said, guys, there's a few generic things that we should always consider regardless of the lead type that we go for. And these are things that I always ask clients to consider. So the first one is the strength of the lead. Might be a bit obvious to some people, but not always to others. And the idea of thinking about this is ultimately is I need a lead that is going to be strong enough and dependable enough in those situations where I need it the most. So even though probably nine times out of 10, we're gonna be walking, it's gonna be nice and loose and it is just that safety connection. If I need to depend on that safety, I want to know that that lead's not only got me, but got my dog and can handle their weight and also their strength. So that strength of the lead is gonna be absolutely key. Now the material that the lead is made of is obviously going to contribute to that, but also the connections of the hardware, so things like the snap hooks, but then also how the snap hooks, etc., are connected to the main lead itself. So it's great you might have a 400 kilogram rated piece of lead material, you might have a 300 kilogram weighted piece of kind of hardware, so the snap hook, but if I've got really flimsy stitching keeping that snap hook attached to that lead, then the lead is only as strong as its weakest part. And therefore, the chances are that if the 
situation came and there was a lot of force and pressure on that lead, the chance that it's going to be the stitching in that scenario that's going to give way. And therefore, despite having the great material and the great hardware, the lead is obviously going to let me down. So when you're looking for a lead, again, always look at those types of things. You're not only looking at the material and the hardware, but how those things are connected to each other to make sure they're as strong and secure as possible. But again, it's in relation to your dog. Now that leads me nicely on to the second point I always ask owners to consider, and that is the weight of the lead. Now we can be tempted to go a little bit overkill with our safety and get a really big, strong, heavy lead, really big clasps, really good kind of stitching and stud work that keeps it all connected together, and that's absolutely amazing, and I'm putting it on a Yorkshire Terrier. And the chances are my lead might even weigh as much as my Yorkshire Terrier, which is going to be incredibly uncomfortable for the dog, and probably going to be a real pain for me as well in terms of kind of lumping that big piece of kit around attached to my kind of little light dog. So that weight is really important for both ends of the lead, guys. It's important for me as an owner because I want a little bit of comfort as I'm kind of using and holding this piece of equipment, but I also want it to be as unintrusive in terms of awareness for the dog when it's connected to them. Now, I use a harness with my dog, so they're always connected to the kind of clip on the back. So again, if it's nice and light, then it's kind of creating that illusion of freedom for the dog so they can relax a lot more and be more dog and do all the things that they want to do whilst we're out and about on a walk, like sniffing, for example. So again, always consider the weight in relation to the strength when you're making that decision. Like I say, you don't want a really big, heavy lead and clasp on a really small, light dog, and vice versa. You don't want something overly light and flimsy on a really big, strong, powerful dog either. So we've got to find that right balance. The last thing I always ask owners to consider is the comfort of the lead. Now, let's be honest, the comfort element is probably more for us than the dog, because in an ideal world, dogs wouldn't be wearing them. They wouldn't choose to go into a shop and buy themselves a lead. However, it is a requirement in a lot of areas that we need to, to have leads on our dogs. So if we're going to use them, then they need to be comfortable and nice for us to handle. So people's grip strength, the way you like to hold certain uh, kind of leads, will all influence the type of handle that you may wish to look for in your lead. Also be conscious if you have kind of any medical conditions or any injuries. So, you know, if you suffer with shoulder, elbow, wrist, hand type joint pains or muscle pains, tendon, ligament damage, etc. There's lots of different lead handles that can change the shape of your hand and how you hold the lead, which can make things a lot more comfortable for you. So again, as an owner, that's a really good thing to look out for and make sure you do a little bit of research before you make that purchase. So guys, there's the top three things I always ask people to consider regardless of lead type. So now we're going to dive into the lead type itself. So the first one we're going to talk about is fixed length leads. Now a fixed length lead is probably the one that we all think about when we think of a lead. It's usually a long piece of, of material or webbing or whatever it might be. And then there's a handle at one end that's most commonly a loop. And at the other end, there's a connection or a snap hook that goes onto the dog's harness or collar. Now, even though that's kind of the standard image of a, of a fixed length lead, there's, again, lots of variation out there, guys. So, again, a few things to consider. Firstly, you might want to look at the length. Now, the length of the lead is really important, not only from a safety perspective but also from a comfort perspective for you and your dog, but also, again, in terms of what's suitable to get that right kind of comfortable walking position. 
So if I have a really short fixed length lead attached to my dog, the chances are they're not going to have much room to find a comfortable walking position next to me and we're probably always going to have kind of my leg banging off their shoulder. They may be even effectively pulled up onto their tiptoes a little bit if that lead is too short as well, which is going to make the walking experience really, really uncomfortable for them. So again, with that lead length, you've got to find something that's suitable for you and your dog the speed of how you both walk, the the size and weight of your dog, the height of your dog, all of these things are going to come into consideration when you're looking at length. But as a general rule of thumb, I usually aim for around about kind of six foot, which is about 1.8 meters in length thereabouts. Um, I found personally that that tends to fit most dogs, so providing I get the right kind of weight of that lead, um, that length is usually suitable where I can adjust the length according to the dog that I've got and we can have nice happy walks together but again guys do your research look for what works best for you but beyond different lengths there's also lots of different materials out there and with materials i'm talking about the kind of main section of the lead and the handle and you can get anything from a what i refer to as kind of a webbing or a fabric type lead you can get chain leads leather leads biothane leads rope leads and even combinations of all of those things together and probably a few more things that i've missed but again the material is going to affect its strength it's going to affect its weight and it also may affect other things that you need to think about such as how usable is that lead for the types of walk that I'm going to be doing. For example, I have a, a webbing type fixed length lead. Uh, I absolutely love it. It's great. It works perfect for me, but it is prone to getting a bit soggy when it rains. Now, living in the northeast of England, it rains a lot. Um, so I will often have a wet, damp, soggy lead. Now, I could avoid that by maybe moving to a material like biothane, which is a coated webbing. Uh, it's coated in plastic, which means it doesn't hold or absorb any moisture. It just effectively wa washes and rubs straight off. So I can get home, I can run that lead through a towel, and it's dry and as good as new and ready to use again. So again, the types of walks of where I'm going, all of these things will start to play into what type of lead I might use. For example, if I've got an excitable puppy who's prone to maybe doing a little bit of redirection and wanting to mouth and bite the lead, if that lead's a chain lead, that's going to do some serious damage to little puppy's teeth. So again, that might be a lead I might not want to consider if I know my pooch has gone through that particular stage and we're working on, again, that nice lead etiquette where they don't feel the need to have to mouth the, the particular lead and do themselves a little bit of pain and a little bit of damage. So again, thinking about that material is really really important but again guys obviously you've got that fixed length you've got the handle and you've got the snap hook and there's lots of other little things that some um, companies might add on there like hooks to add a, um, a poo bag carrier on etc but there's lots of different things out there when you look at a fixed length lead and you look at the connection or the snap hook to your dog have a look at what type it is there's an ever-growing choice of connections for those snap hooks and each different one has a slightly different kind of mechanical element to it. So try it out. Get hold of it. Use it if you can. If you can go to a pet shop and try them. Feel for what it's like in your hand and which one suits you better. 
the reason a lot of different snap hooks are available is because they require a different type of kind of dexterity in your hand to open them. And again, when you're kind of clicking pooch on and off lead, you need something again that's not only strong, but is also comfortable to do so. And if it's really fiddly and really frustrating to get on and off, again, that's just going to just make the whole experience a little bit more stressful. And why bring that into our lives if we can just pick a snap hook that's much more simpler to operate? So again, have a look at that when you're making your choice. Now, fixed length leads are one of my favorite leads. They're pretty much the lead I go to when we're doing any kind of confined walking. So what I mean by that is kind of predominantly street walking. So where there isn't, you know, kind of vast open space, we are on kind of pavements or sidewalks if you're on either side of the pond. And when we're doing that type of walk, I much prefer a fixed length lead. The other joy with a fixed length lead is it helps communicate really effectively with Pooch during that training time. So when we're working on loose lead walking, if I've got a fixed length lead, we kind of all know where it starts, where it ends, and therefore we don't have any of this kind of yo-yoing in and out because the lead length is maybe adjustable. So again, it just keeps things nice and simple, nice and straightforward, and it sets the bar really simply for us. So as we're going through all of that training and we're working on our loose lead, again, we know where the lead starts and ends. And it's a really nice, clear understanding for Pooch as well because there isn't a constantly changing set of expectations around how far they can get out in front of us should they decide to go ahead and maybe end up at the end of that lead. So yeah, fixed length lead guys, one of my favorites and always one of my go-tos. Now the next lead I'd like to talk about is a training lead. Now a training lead does get lots of different names, but for the purpose of the podcast, we will just keep referring to it as a training lead. But basically this is a fixed length piece of material, but rather than have a handle at one end and a connection or a snap hook at the other, what you tend to find is it will be a fixed length piece of material with two snap hooks, one at each end. But along the length of the material, there'll be some connection points where you can effectively use one of the snap hooks, double it back on itself, click it into that connection and effectively create a a looped handle. And you can change the size of that looped handle depending on which connection point along the length of the lead that I connect it to. Now, again, training leads are are fab, um, very versatile, lots of different uses and Again, just like how a fixed length leads, they come in lots of different material types. Um, you tend to find probably the most common ones are still that kind of webbing fabric type material, biothane and leather. They tend to be kind of the three main ones. You can get some other ones, but again, we'll stick with those ones for the purpose of the podcast. Now, again, when it comes to length, you can get lots of different lengths of training leads. But again, my personal preference is I usually go for something a little bit longer. And the reason being is I'd probably aim for something anything between 1.8 and 3 metres long, depending on the dog it is that we're, we're working with or that we have. And the primary reason for that is if I want to use both of those connections, so the snap hook at each end, if I've got a dog who has a harness that has a clip on the back of the harness but also one on the chest, using a training lead allows me to connect each end of that lead to one of those connection points on the harness. And therefore, that kind of halves the lead size. So bear with me, guys, but if I've got a a clasp on the front and a clasp on the back, and then if you imagine kind of drawing a loop between those two things that connect up to me, um, it effectively halves the lead. So if I've got a three-meter long training lead and I connect both points of that harness to the dog, sorry, both points of the lead to the dog's harness, then effectively I have half the lead size. So it's about one and a half meters again. 
So back to what we mentioned with the fixed length lead, that's about right for most dogs. But again, because of the versatility and the different connection points, even if I'm only using one of the snap hooks to connect to the dog's harness, I can create a looped handle on one of the other connections to any length I like. Now, they're absolutely fab, and there's a couple of reasons I really, really like them, beyond obviously the training element of using those two connection points on a harness if we need to, but it's that versatility that I really like about training leads. So if we're walking, so if I use just outside of my home, for example, um, obviously when we first set off, we're around kind of a housing estate and kind of one of the little local streets, and therefore the paths are a little bit narrower. So I can adjust that lead to a nice short size. But as we get a little bit away from kind of the, the built up area and we get into more kind of country lanes, there's a lot more space for my dogs to go and kind of sniff and pooch, uh, sniff and do all the pooch things that they would do. And therefore I can effectively readjust the length of that lead, still keep it at a fixed length, but give them a little bit more freedom to go off, sniff the bushes and do all the things that dogs love to do. So again, it just gives me that versatility when we're out and about walking. And that's why I absolutely love training leads. Okay guys, there's two of the main fixed length type leads that we have, the standard fixed length and the training fixed length leads. Again, my favourites, I love them, I use them all the time. But there also are other leads out there and we couldn't do a podcast about leads and not talk about them. So the next one I want to discuss is one of my favourites and it's a long line. Now a long line is basically a long piece of material whatever length that you ultimately want with a snap hook at one end now you can get them where they do have a loop handle also on the other end but i do tend to avoid them for long lines and i'll explain why in just a moment but a long line why do i like them well for a number of reasons if i'm honest again being a trainer um and being slightly risk averse having my dog on a line long line allows them to go off and explore, stretch their legs a little bit more than maybe they would on a short fixed length lead, but it still gives me that connection. So from a safety perspective, I've still got that connection between me and my pooch. So should an unforeseen situation occur, I know I've still got an element of control should I need it. The other reason I really like them is they're fab for training. So anything like uh, recall and various other techniques that we can do, a lot of kind of long distance disengagement type work as well, um, count conditioning work, all these types of things that you may get into with your trainer, they're fab for doing that because you can really create a true sense of freedom for your dog. So where they feel like they're actually not on a lead, they're not connected to us, however they really are. Um, but again, it allows us just to help the pooch put themselves in a position where they can make choices feel free to do that decision making and then obviously we can get in there and reward all the great choices that they make so as a training aid they're absolutely fantastic now don't get me wrong guys they can be a little bit of an art to get used to in terms of handling and i will be doing a video on long lead handling because it is one of those things that does take a little bit of practice however practice is definitely worth it guys because the value and the fun that you will see your dog having on a long line is just absolutely brilliant and well worth it. So again, from a material perspective, guys, um, you know, kind of that webbing fabric type, biothane, even rope come into the equation here with, with long lines. But my general go-tos are a kind of rubberized type webbing. So there's a little bit of grip there for me in my hands um, or biothane. And the reason biothane is really good for long lines is, again, it's back to that kind of wipeability. 
So if it, for whatever reason it gets trailing through the mud or puddles or along the beach or wherever it may be, it's super easy to clean. It's not going to get heavier and kind of absorb a lot of moisture and, and muck and dirt and things like that. Um, so yeah, biothane's really good. It's surprisingly grippy in a bare hand as well, which is nice. Um, but if you're a bit worried about grip, you can always obviously put a pair of gloves on there as well. I'm a huge fan of using what I would call kind of workman gloves. So you can go to a um, kind of a, a hardware type shop um, and buy these kind of fabric gloves that have been dipped in this kind of grippy rubber. Um, and they're fab for, for long lines in the colder months. Um, and also, like say, if they're a bit wet and you're worried about the grip. Now, I did mention that you can get them with looped handles at the end. Um, some people find that um, better in terms of from a safety and a comfort perspective of if, you know, if pooch does get to the very end of that line, I've still got a good strong grip at the end. Now, we tend to avoid that by the way and the mechanics of how we handle a long line. However, I totally appreciate when you're just starting out, it can be great to have that little bit of sense of security. But the reason I personally don't like them is, for me, to get the best out of my long line, there will be times when I may be doing something like recall and I may not have hold of the line fully. And in that scenario, um, what I want is Pooch to be able to kind of drag that long line behind them as they're running back to me as part of their recall. And if there's a loop on it, I've got a greater chance of it snagging on something. Um, it might be a, a loose branch that's just kind of laid in the grass that gets caught up on it, or I might have done a bit of a send around, so Pooch might have gone around a tree or something like that, and is coming back to me, and it gets hooked onto the tree onto a fixed branch and again we just have that kind of ping type action where the lead is going to go really tense really quickly and again that's just going to be really just kind of a lot of discomfort for the dog obviously connected even though they'll be wearing the harness that kind of sudden um kind of impact or power or tension through that lead through their body obviously it's not great it's not nice and it can just be avoided by not having a looped handle on the end of the long line However, if you are a little bit worried about kind of running out of line, um, if you're not quite sure how long it is and you haven't quite got to grasp with all that, the great thing about long lines is you can usually just tie knots in them. So you can just make a few markers, you can do it right through the length of the lead, or personally I usually do it about the last metre or two towards the end of my long line. I'll pop a few knots in so as it passes through my hands I know I'm getting towards the end and I can then just adjust how I'm handling it accordingly. To, uh, to deal with that situation. When it comes to length of long line, again, it's going to be a personal preference depending on where you walk, how you're walking your dog, what type of training you're doing. But most people tend to go for something between the 5 and 10 metre length. There is much longer ones out there, guys, If should you need it. Okay, guys, so that brings us on nicely to the last type of lead we'll be discussing in this podcast, which honestly is probably one of the most popular ones I see, and it's the extension lead. Now, extension lead, sometimes called a retractable lead, is a kind of slightly bulkier plastic handle that's got a kind of real cassette kind of embedded in it, and the lead material is usually um, kind of tape webbing or rope, and you connect one into the pooch, and it will effectively extend and retract across whatever length that particular lead is. So they're usually something like 5, 8, 10 metres, I think, for some of the bigger ones. Now, you will see usually on these kind of plastic handles, um, 
where the where you kind of grip it where the handle is there's usually a couple of buttons one of those will effectively stop the lead retracting um or extending depending on which way the dog's moving and effectively it's a temporary lock so you you apply pressure to the button and it will stop it and if i want to lock that in position then there's usually a little kind of um handbrake type button that you can click into place and that will effectively lock the lead and stop it retracting or extending now extendable retractable leads um for me that they tend to be a bit of a love-hate type relationship that, that most people have with them in my experience and i do have them guys i'm not going to make out that i don't i absolutely have extendable leads um but there's a very select few scenarios that i actually use it so as an everyday lead i avoid them like the plague personally they are the big the heavy the cumbersome um i've i've just had too many negative experiences with them for them to be a valuable option for me to use on a daily basis either in a training scenario so with a dog who's just learning to walk on lead um or even for more experienced dog and to be honest i only do tend to use an extendable or retractable lead with an experienced dog and what i mean by that is they have good lead etiquette they have good recall and effectively i can be a bit lazy as an owner with using the retractable lead when i want to give my arms a rest from long line work but again there is only a very select few environments that i will use it um so anything that's high distraction so look, for example my local park i won't use um, a retractable lead because there's just too many obstacles too many things where the lack of control that i get from an extendable lead can just cause me issues so a prime example would be um, my pooch going to say hello to someone who maybe has a push chair and then walking around that person and then all of a sudden we've got a little bit of a, a kind of tangle going on as, as my dog and the lead and everything is kind of just getting all wrapped up it it's quite stressful it's quite annoying um and i just don't quite have the same level of control and, and the reason for that lack of control in my personal experience is the harsh nature of the on off lock that a lot of these leads have now with a long line i can effectively feed the lead um as it kind of passes through my hand so i can control the speed of the dog so if they're starting to get a little bit of speed up i can apply a little bit of pressure to the lead uh, and the effectively just through friction that will slow the pooch down and prevent them doing that kind of full pelt right till the end of the lead and pinging with loads of tension when they reach the, the you know the extent of that lead so with a long line i can control that speed with a, a retractable extending type lead i can't i literally have an on off type lock and that is a little bit too jolty in in terms of the experience for the dog for my liking and also for me as a as an owner you know the i've i've had some big dogs in in kind of my lifetime i work with a lot of big dogs and anytime they're on an extender my shoulder and elbow gets a hell of a workout and it's not particularly comfortable the other reason i'm not a huge fan of them not only is that kind of harsh lock uh, type scenario is i find that dogs t in my experience tend to struggle with understanding how far they can go and so what i mean by that and, and this is why back to my earlier comment of using the money with a dog who has good lead etiquette and good recall is if i'm still in the process of teaching my dog how to do those things an extendable lead when we allow the pooch to kind of you know go a little bit further and we give them 
you know we turn the lock off and they can effectively pull more lead on the, on the extension lead. Um, when that scenario happens, contextually for the pooch, we don't normally do anything with it. So in our mind, we might go to a place and there's a little bit more space and we think, ah, do you know what, we'll click it off and you can go for a little bit of a run. Now, for Pooch, all they're kind of learning is very randomly in their world, sometimes I have a short lead, sometimes I have a long lead, sometimes I can run around, sometimes it's fixed length, sometimes it's not, and there's not really a lot of context setting on on why there's been a change. And that can often lead to pulling. To be honest, guys, I've seen lots of dogs that are on extension leads who will pull. And usually, because in their mind, I pull, I pull, and pull, and very randomly, every now and then, that pull will be successful because I will get more freedom and I'll get more length of this lead through the, obviously, my owner clicking it off and giving me the, you know, the extension element of the lead. But that my owner clicking it off piece doesn't usually resonate very well with them. So they just learn pull, 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 more freedom, lock on. Pull, 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 more freedom, lock on. And that's quite a frustrating and inconsistent situation for our pooch to be in. And again, it just seems to promote the pulling scenario. So again, it's not a lead that I would tend to go to for any kind of training scenario. They're fab for me as an owner because I think I'm giving my dog lots of freedom and ability to explore at times, which you know I want them to do. But I still have that physical connection with them and I don't have to faff around reeling long lines in or doing any of that. So it's quite a a low effort exercise for me with an extender. Um, But again, guys, I've just had too many negative experiences with them personally. I've had rope burn from them. I've had issues where my dogs kind of extended out, went to see a dog who didn't want to be seen. So I wanted to get my dog back. Their recall wasn't great. And now I'm in a bit of a Mexican standoff. Because I've locked the lead on, my dog is maybe five metres away from me, and for me to bring that lead in, I have to unlock it. Now, if my pooch is really keen to go and see a squirrel or the other dog or whatever it might be, I am do what I kind of call the fishing reel activity, and that's where I've got to unlock, quickly kind of thrust my hand towards the dog to gather a bit of lead, lock it back on, and then pull my dog towards me. Or I might extend the hand out, lock it, take a few steps forward, extend my hand out, lock it, take a few steps forward. But either way, that is quite a a challenge for me. And every time I unlock, I know there's a big risk associated there of my dog running away again because they've got the freedom to pull on that lead up until it runs out. So again, from a a safety kind of conscious element, there's just too many possibilities for things to go wrong there and from a lead experience from the dog it can be really really frustrating and just really uncomfortable as well particularly if I'm doing that fishing reel type kind of activity trying to bring them back closer to me because they're trying to get to something that I may not want them to get to for for whatever reason um so yeah extension leads guys my general advice to anyone is just avoid them please they're they're just more hassle than they're worth but I appreciate some people love them and there'll be lots of people who use them without any issue at all and that's fantastic and if you do have a you know a dog who walks lovely next to you and knows when they can go out for a bit more of a sniff and use the advantage of that lead that's brilliant and that's a huge testament to the training work that you've done Um, but generally if you're starting out and you're not really sure I'd, I'd kind of do a fixed length or a training lead and a long line any day of the week. They're, I just find them, they're a lot safer, a lot more comfortable, and I tend to find my dogs enjoy it a lot more as well. 
But again, guys, it's personal choice. Um, like I say, my choice would be to avoid it, but appreciate that isn't the opinion of everyone. So find the lead that works best for you and your dog. Okay, guys, a bit of a recap. So we've talked about fixed length leads. We've talked about training leads. We've talked about long lines and we've talked about extension or retractable leads. And they're probably the big four things that are out there on the market. Now, with any of these leads, um, there's little additions you can buy. So things like a splitter. So if you've not come across a splitter before, that is usually a, a piece of equipment that will allow you to turn a single lead effectively into two by forking the end of it. Um, so it kind of splits off. So I would attach the snap hook of my fixed length lead to the center of a splitter, which is usually like um, a metal ring. And there'll be effectively two other leads that come come out of this metal ring, um, which I can connect to two dogs. Um, there's shock absorbing attachments. There's all kinds of things you can do. Now, with any of those things, guys, again, what I usually advise people is why why do you want it and what value is it going to add? That's usually kind of what I say to people when they're considering getting one. And there's a lot of equipment and a, uh, kind of accessories out there for walks which are trying to paper over cracks in terms of what we're trying to achieve with our dogs. So what I mean by that is a, a great example would be a shock-absorbing lead which is designed to limit the impact to you as an owner and the dog of excessive pulling. And yes, it does that, you know, that the shock absorbing element of it will take away a little bit of that tension and pressure on your arms and maybe on the dog in terms of kind of the pressure going through their harness as they pull. My general answer to that is, well, wouldn't it just be better if the dog didn't pull? Would it be better spending the time and effort training that than it would be going out and buying equipment to try and alleviate problems um, that exist? And, you know, kind of prevention is better than cure. So if we can prevent it from happening in the first place, you don't have to go out and spend a small fortune on additional equipment, which is obviously a much better choice. But again, some of those things can be quite handy, guys. Again, if you have, you know, kind of any kind of joint or kind of ligamenty muscle type issues, then sometimes that shock absorbing lead can just help take the edge of it. So even if you have got a fantastically well-behaved dog, there may be times when just having that little bit of kind of um, shock absorbing power in the lead can just help you from a comfort perspective. And in those scenarios, fab, that works perfectly well. But again, just think about why you're looking at those particular pieces of equipment and are they really going to help you or are they going to cause you potentially some more issues down the line? So just doing a little bit of research, asking some professionals, asking some people who've used them is definitely worth it before you kind of put your hand in your pocket and spend some hard-earned money buying some more equipment. So guys, that's it. That is the World of Leads for today's episode. In future episodes, we will talk about other pieces of equipment such as harnesses, head collars, and a variety of other things that we can go out there and purchase. But that's it for now. That was episode number nine. I hope you all enjoyed it. As always, guys, please do like, rate, subscribe, leave a review. Um, I'd love to know what you think of the podcast. Um, if there's any topics that you would like me to cover, then head on over to the greatpause.co.uk website jump on the contact me page and drop me a quick line and I will happily add a future episode in for you. So guys, thank you very much for joining us and I will see you again soon for episode number 10.